Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so grateful for all of you guys leaving your reviews. It truly means so, so much. So if you enjoy the podcast, definitely rate it five stars and leave a few words. It just helps it get discoverable. But yeah, just wanted to give you guys a thank you right off the bat for all of your wonderful reviews. And I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. This week's episode, we're back again with some more nutrition, wellness, health type topics covering two large things, vegetable oils and grains. So we really get into the nitty gritty. I explain, you know, the dangers of them, kind of what you should be aware of when it comes to your health and both of these things. So it's really like a very dense packed episode full of lots of value and goodness. A little update from me. I actually just got back from that girls weekend that I was talking about for Halloween. I got home like maybe an hour ago. I've had a matcha and now I'm ready to record an episode. Honestly, it was so needed. It was so nice to just get out of the city. It's a lot like quieter energetically as well when you're like not surrounded by like a downtown vibe or everyone downtown. So it was really nice surrounded by like my soul sisters. We are so close and we each kind of like bring our own little thing to the group. You know, I do Akashic Record readings. Um, Other people do like NLP, hypnosis, breath work, Reiki. I mean, we're also just like really like soul sisters and like really good friends. Um, But it's also really cool that we each bring like a new experience or like a skill to the group. And yeah, it was just super fun. We hung out. We stayed up late. Lots of girl chats. Honestly, the Halloween night was like, I can't even explain the things that went on. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was really great. So it was really great to spend time with them, get that girl time in and just get away from the city. So I'm excited to be back at it with another episode, kind of get back into the swing of things with work. I have a lot of exciting things coming this month, which is November. Um, well Nourished will be opening up for pre-enrollment um, soon. So yeah, I'm just very, very excited. So let's go ahead and just get right into the episode. Welcome to the Live Well podcast. This podcast is designed to help you live well, body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Liv, a natural health and wellness expert. And each week you will walk away with the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. A new episode starts now. Okay, so like I said, this week's episode is all about vegetables and grains. I'm going to be start talking about vegetable oils and basically why they shouldn't be part of your diet. <laughs> to put it blankly and to put it bluntly. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, which you should if you haven't yet, it's just keep up with Liv. Um, You've heard me talk about vegetable oils and kind of like the danger, but we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty. So the idea that vegetable oils are better than saturated fats like coconut oil comes from the belief that they lower the LDL cholesterol. So they presumably lower your risk of overall heart disease. And that's kind of like what you've been told in like the 90s and growing up and things like that was that, you know, you should swap out butter, meat and coconut oil for vegetable oils like corn, sunflower, canola, safflower oil. Um, and these are all actually like omega-6 rich inflammatory polyunsaturated fat. So to understand that this is really just not true. So if we look at human history, we consumed much more omega-3 fats and much less omega-6 fats than we currently do. Wild foods are really rich in omega-3 fats. The main sources are things like fish, wild game, um, all high in omega-3s. They used to be a lot, much bigger part of our diet because we were eating a lot of these wild foods. So wild meat, grass-fed beef, 
These contain about seven times as much omega-3 fats as your industrially raised animals, which have almost none. So virtually all like the the beef and animal products that your great-grandparents ate were pasture-raised, organic, grass-fed, no hormones, no antibiotics, because there simply wasn't any other kind of meat to eat. So that was like your only option. So a while ago, they started introducing like, you know, refined oils into our diet, and we started moving away from the grass-fed and wild animals and started increasing our omega-6 fat intake with things like corn, soy, canola oil, and etc. And then, you know, on the same thing, our omega-3s declined. So as our omega-6 consumption increased, our omega-3s decreased. And in that surge, a lot of people became deficient in all these essential omega-3 fats. So the omega-6s, those detrimental ones like the vegetable oil, not only fuel your body's inflammatory pathways, but they also reduce the availability of the anti-inflammatory omega-3 fats in your tissues, resulting in even more inflammation. So the good guys, the omega-3s, can't even get absorbed because because their availability is reduced by consuming more omega-6s, which is like basically the icing on the cake as to why omega-6s are so bad. So in other words, omega-6 fats really undo the benefit of eating omega-3s that they would normally give you. They also reduce the conversion of plant-based omega-3s called alpha-linoleic acid or ALA into the active form of omega-3s called EPA and DHA by about 40%. So this is especially important because a lot of vegans or people who don't um, eat a lot of like wild game, grass-fed beef or wild-cut fish have a lot of omega-6s and then any plant-based omega-3s that they might be consuming like chia seeds or hemp seeds um, by eating a lot of the omega-6 fats, which are high in a lot of, you know, vegan products, is downgraded by about 40% um, that they can absorb anyway. So consuming omega-6 fats and like under-consuming omega-3s not only increases your risk of like heart disease and diabetes and obesity, but also is linked to things like inflammatory bowel syndrome or IBS, um, macular degeneration, asthma, cancer, autoimmune disease, skin issues like psoriasis, eczema, acne, um, weight gain, hormonal issues because it influences your hormones, so like PMS. So like a diet high in omega-6 fats is just blatantly not ideal for optimal health. And Honestly, you can't really blame yourself for the catastrophe right now because most of us were taught to use these oils at a young age. Unfortunately, this has really resulted in the worst epidemic of like chronic disease in history. And like this is why things like obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, um, hormonal issues have really like skyrocketed in, in everything. So I mentioned vegetable oil is really easily damaged and has inflammatory properties. So what happens is the vegetable oil oxidizes when it's exposed to air, light, and heat. And the oxidation process really creates free radicals, which are the bad guys. You can kind of think of them as like little barbed wire molecules that crash into cells and do damage. And as I'll talk about in a bit, the heart is susceptible to this injury from these free radicals and damaged oils. Like, in fact, the vegetable oils are kind of like the plague to the heart in a large measure due to the fact that they're so delicate. So in case you think you can pick like a vegetable oil that's like free radical free, it's important to understand that the free radical count in vegetable oil spikes when it's heated. And since the primary purpose of most vegetable oils is cooking or is an ingredient in processed food, heating is basically inevitable. So it's also next to impossible to know what could have happened to the vegetable oil you're reading like before it arrived to your grocery store. For example, was the shipment hauled in a truck without AC? Was the shipment left out in the sun before the forklift lifted? 
accepted it into the stock room. So you really like never know these things. And there are so many types of events that can lead to oxidation. And so since we can't account for like the chain of events in the vegetable oil, you really can't even know for sure how high the free radical count is in any given bottle. And that's just when it arrives to you, let alone if you are going to be using it in cooking. Another thing to remember is that vegetable oils contain glyphosate. And if you haven't heard about glyphosate, go back and listen to the leaky gut and the gluten episode. It is like detrimental um, and we go into that in terms of gluten there. But vegetable oils contain glyphosate, which is a pesticide used to spray GMO crops and also non-GMO crops to kind of accelerate ripening. But basically, glyphosate wipes out the gut microbiome and has been increasingly linked to cancer. So having vegetable oils linked to glyphosate, but also like gluten linked to glyphosate, and then products that use both, you can kind of see like the chain reaction about how vegetable oils can really like markedly increase your exposure to glyphosate, which contributes to leaky gut. When you're leaky gut, you know, you get hormonal issues, brain fog, joint issues, brain issues, brain fog, concentration, depression, anxiety. If you have any kind of like those symptoms, go back and listen to the leaky gut episode. But vegetable oils are super high in glyphosate, so that's another reason you want to avoid them. Like we also said, there's that like omega-6, omega-3 ratio. So you've heard this before, but to repeat, the prevalence of like grain-fed meat and processed food that are made with these like omega-6 rich vegetable oils has really pushed that ratio of our exposure of omega-6 to like high omega-6, low omega-3, and then also decrease the bioavailability of omega-3s when we consume omega-6. So like that's a chronic condition that can like lead to so many inflammatory disorders. And when we think about inflammation, inflammation is tied so much. Think Alzheimer's, cancer, IBS, IBD, bloating, PMS, PCOS, diabetes, heart disease, so many things like are caused by inflammation. So by consuming a lot of omega-6 oils, you are really exposed to like a lot of inflammation. And so the more you can decrease inflammation, the less exposure you'll have to like chronic conditions. Not only that, but vegetable oil also contains trans fat. So trans fat that are a really dangerous fat that is found in processed foods that are really bad for your heart. And they actually raise LDLC, which is like your loser cholesterol. The great way to remember like which cholesterol is the valid one, which is LDL, it's like the loser one. It starts with an L. So basically due to loopholes and labeling and like what regulations are in place, most vegetable oils have trans fat content that they don't need to be disclosed, but they are there. So when you eat vegetable oil or foods cooked in vegetable oil, you are eating trans fat. And because of that loophole, they're not going to put it on the label um, because of marketing issues. So you have to honestly like really remember that because it's not on the label. Not only that, but vegetable oil can really stunt weight loss. And I know for a lot of you, weight loss or maintaining a healthy weight is something of concern. So researchers have like shown that the ratio of the omega-6 to omega-3 fats omega-6 is actually detrimental to you know weight loss and maintaining a healthy weight because of that ratio that's now closer to 20 to 1 as opposed to it should be closer to 1 to 1. So that skewed ratio is a very strong predictor of like obesity and weight gain. If you want weight loss you need to avoid linoleic acid and other omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acids because this excess linoleic acid turns another omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acid called arachidonic acid. Arachidonic acid triggers inflammation pathways, downrights metabolism, and also causes like rapid weight gain. So what you need to remember, omega-6 is excess linoleic, which triggers arachidonic acid, which triggers inflammation, 
down-regulates metabolism and causes rapid weight gain. So this is another reason to avoid all of your sunflower, safflower, canola, which is like a popular oil that's in a lot of the oat milks I'm seeing. Another reason to avoid it, especially if you want to maintain a healthy weight or lose weight. I've said already, it does cause inflammation. So the the excess of the omega-6s in these oils really turns those pro-inflammatory compounds called eicosanozoids that cause an immune response in your cells, creating low-level inflammation. And that low-level inflammation, when their immune response, A, is going to lower your immune system, and given everything happening in the world right now, you need to support your immune system, but also can trigger things like autoimmune disease. So that's when you get things like eczema, psoriasis, you know, other autoimmune conditions like Crohn's, colitis, everything like that. You want to keep like inflammation to a minimum. And like we already discussed, because it gets oxidized when it's cooked, it's highly unstable. And so with the combination of the high heat and the unstable fat in this oxidized lipids, it basically accelerates the progression of the inflammation because once you ingest the fact that these things have been oxidized and they've been heated, they interact with those free radicals, so those cells that are like barbed wire, and create what are called reactive oxygen species or ROSs in your bloodstream. And this triggers your immune system, which actually accelerates the plaques to develop within your like blood vessels itself. And not only that, like we learned already, it upregulates the LDL, which is like your loser cholesterol. And these are the particles that transport lipids throughout your bloodstream for energy. Eating all of these oxidized lipids, LDL particles pick them up, causing the LDL itself to oxidize. And then these oxidized LDLs, or loser cholesterol, penetrate the arterial wall, creating more inflammation that results in clogged arteries and increases your risk of heart disease. Basically, the bottom line, vegetable oils are not good for, you know, cooking or good for consuming or anything like that. The key thing to remember is that trigger inflammation systemically, and so that systemic inflammation is really going to have like an impact on all the different areas of your body. We kind of like know why you shouldn't be consuming vegetable oils, like what fats and oils should you eat and like which ones are safe. So those are like extra virgin cold pressed organic coconut oil, um, extra virgin cold pressed organic olive oil, avocados, grass fed meat, grass fed butter, um, nuts like walnuts, almonds, pecans, macadamia, um, fatty fish like sardines, mackerel, wild salmon, all of these are rich in omega-3s. Be very careful in a lot of packaged foods, cooking, even things like, you know, Vitamins have things like canola oil. Um, some like bars or protein bars have things like canola oil. Um, oat milk has a lot of like oils and stuff like that. So just be really careful and start to like look out for these vegetable oils that are basically a cheap filler oil, but are in a lot of quote unquote healthy products because it's so cheap, um, but they're actually going to be detrimental to your health. And that's another thing is that you, you could be consuming something that you think is good for your health, but because they have these inflammatory omega-6 oils, it's actually not. So let's go ahead and jump into grains. So while grains taste pretty good, the toxic amounts that we eat right now can contribute to diabetes, heart disease, obesity, cancer, dementia, hormonal issues, PCOS, skin conditions like acne, eczema, psoriasis, um, you know, even things like Alzheimer's, depression, anxiety, all of this um, are tied to grains. And most of the grains we eat even whole wheat are turned into flour products that actually have a higher glycemic index than table sugar. So while yes, sugar is the worst, and I do have an episode all about sugar and craving sugar, um, grains can be just as bad, if not worse. 
the misconceptions is that you don't actually have to eat grains to be healthy. In fact, like you're going to be healthier if you didn't, because for nearly all of human history, humans consumed no grains and our bodies are designed to work extremely well without them. And yet there are like there are plenty of like vitamins, minerals, nutrients and fiber, but you can easily get those things from all other sources like vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds that don't have the baggage that come along with grains. There are essential amino acids from protein and essential fatty acids from fats, but there's no such thing as essential carbohydrates. Our bodies are perfectly designed to thrive without them, and that's because we're not built to be consuming them, especially at the rate that we are now. There's are like a few like small amount of things that we can find in grains, but you can get all of those things from other things that are not grains. So you don't need to consume the grains in order to get the benefit things. You can eat other things. And the whole thing about like whole grain is definitely a marketing term because when you think you're eating a food that like, oh, it's whole grain flour, you assume that you're eating the whole grains. You're not. It's actually not the whole grain at all. It's basically a marketing hype that's not actually healthy at all. Uh, it's just like regular other sugar. So just keep that in mind that it is a marketing term. You also need to keep in mind that like starch and sugar are essentially the same thing. So flour acts more like a sugar in your body um, than a whole unprocessed grain. So in fact, eating like two slices of whole wheat bread raises your blood sugar more than eating two tablespoons of table sugar. So if you think of like a big spoon in your cutlery drawer, two spoonfuls of that is like two tablespoons. That of table sugar raises your blood sugar less than two slices of bread. Now that does not mean you should be going and eating two tablespoons of table sugar. But what it does mean is like that bread in your sandwich, those two slices of bread are just as bad. So you might as well be like eating sugar because it does like less damage to your blood sugar than that eating neither, but you can kind of see what I mean um, in terms of understanding how exactly like bread, and this is not even talking about gluten, like gluten is horrible in and of itself. This is just talking about the glucose reaction. You need to keep in mind that you're really not eating the same grains that your grandparents ate. So these new hybrids that have been developed are of a lot starchier than our predecessors and honestly have a greater impact on your blood sugar than the traditional kinds of starch. And this is actually because it promotes insulin resistance. And insulin resistance, if you're not aware, is tied to things like PCOS, weight gain, diabetes, um, hormonal issues, so any kind of PMS, um, Insulin resistance is also now being tied to mood disorders, anxiety, depression, everything like that. The new varieties also contain more gluten, which is not doing us any favors and is also genetically modified. So it's dosed with a chemical herbicide called glyphosate, which we learned about is damaging in vegetable oils, but it's also really high in grains. So you really need to be careful even when you're looking at the quote unquote healthy grain products, because, you know, I've even seen a bread from a commercial like baking company boasting that, you know, it's ancient healthy grains. But when you read the ingredients, they're like, they're not at all. So chances are you're not even getting any nutrition for it. Another popular question I get is in terms of oatmeal. And let me just say this now, oatmeal is not a health food. I feel like I've said this many times, but in case you are new um, and you haven't heard, oatmeal is not good for you. you. You know, probably like, there's a lot of like breakfast cereals, even those with like health claims that oats are healthy. They aren't. They're basically just like a greenwashing marketing ploy. 
be thinking, but oatmeal, how could a food that's like so boring be so unhealthy? And the major problem with oatmeal is that it's the same problem as with every other grain. It spikes your blood sugar and makes you hungrier. What does it do? When it spikes your blood sugar, it spikes insulin. What's insulin? A fat storage hormone. What else does insulin do? It's hard on your liver. It's hard on your hormones. It's tied to things like brain fog, concentration issues, hormonal issues, PCOS, and all this other kind of stuff. Oatmeal is no other better than any other kind of grain. Um, it's simply like a marketing ploy to get you to consume oatmeal. And it's really not just that like grains are a source of like unnecessary carbohydrate. It also appears that like grains have an actually double pronged inflammation attack on your brain. So this new modern wheat that I've talked about may look like wheat, but there's really three important different ways that they all drive like obesity, diabetes, cancer, dementia, and all that kind of other stuff. And that's because like I said, it's not only different from your grandparents' grain, but it contains a superstarch called amylopectin A, which is super, super fattening. And this is a form of super gluten that is super inflammatory. I'm saying super a lot, but like to drive the point home. But it basically acts like a drug that is super addictive and makes you crave more and eat more. So the more of these grains that you're eating, um, whether it's oatmeal or breads or uh, quinoa, any of this other stuff, it's high in amylopectin A, which is basically super fat. They they feed this to rats to make them gain weight. Like grains are used as a way to fatten up rats um, for testing. So that can kind of like tell you um, what it would do to the human body. Also, most grain foods are about 70% carbohydrate, which means um, for every like 100 grams of uh, the food, it's like 70 grams of carbohydrate. And that's sugar. Like your body doesn't know the difference between the, the sugar in that and the sugar on everything else. So... The grains that you're consuming not only are rich in this amylopectin A, which is a super fattening, super inflammatory, super drug that's addictive and makes you crave more, but the grains also cause a leakiness of what is called the blood-brain barrier, which is a barrier in your brain that's supposed to protect your brain, keep it good, and keep it nice and healthy. But what happens is that this results in inflammation. And this chronic inflammation is a factor in early onset degenerative disease. So this includes like brain fog, concentration issues, everything like that. Um, it's all kind of like predicated on inflammation. Not only that, does like it cause like inflammation in terms of leakiness in the blood-brain barrier, but the grains also cause inflammation in the gut, leading to leaky gut. Like I said, go back to the episode. Um, I think it's two or three episodes ago, um, all about leaky gut, and you'll learn about it there and kind of the dangers of leaky gut. We need to be aware of the inflammation that these grains are causing in our bodies. I think that's important to remember about grains is that it actually makes you develop toxic antibodies. So when you consume grains, the formation of an antibody called GAD, um, which is implicated in autoimmune disease, Parkinson's, um, diabetes, caused by having and ingesting this grain. So when you ingest the grain, you end up generating this antibody called GAD. And it's basically involved in your ability to like balance and problems talking. So if that makes sense in terms of like Parkinson's um, and diabetes, that's like an implication like down the road when you develop more of these antibodies. Thing you need to keep in mind when it comes to grains is like the excess of carbohydrates in your brain. So most of us already know that too much sugar can like make you fat and give you bad skin. But honestly, carbohydrates, like an excess of carbohydrates from grains, because there are carbohydrates um, in things like broccoli and sweet potato, of course, but the ones from grains are awful for your brain because they affect the cognitive function, but also um, your psychological well-being when it comes to mental health. And that's because the brain is a target organ for damage for high blood sugar. So there are specific ways that like 
a diet high in grains has been linked specifically to like brain detriments. And that's because the inflammation in the brain, because of that blood brain barrier kind of breaking down when you consume all of these grains, causes neurons to fire more slowly, slowing down mental acuity, recall, and reflexes. So remember, consuming grains, blood brain barrier, inflammation, your neurons don't fire as fast. You have lower, like slower mental acuity, which means it takes you like faster to react to things. You can't recall as much. So that includes memory, um, whether you're in school or whether you're working, memory issues, and also reflexes. So, you know, things like clumsy, bumping into things, all of these things, it kind of like, it's a grain brain, right? It means like you're probably consuming way too many grains, um, or if you're consuming grains at all, um, and that's like eventually going to lead to chronic disease. We also need to remember about the insulin, so the insulin resistance, because insulin is that hormone that controls blood sugar levels, but it also regulates the function of brain cells too. So insulin strengthens the synaptic connections between brain cells, helping them to communicate better and therefore like help to form stronger memories. So when insulin levels on the brain are lowered as a result of excess sugar consumption, cognition is impaired. So it's not the fact that the, you know, the grains are triggering insulin. It's the fact that when you are consuming all of these grains, you end up becoming insulin resistant. When you are insulin resistant, the insulin levels of the brain are lowered and then your cognition is impaired, which affects things like learning and memory because these prolonged high blood sugar levels affect the production of a chemical called BDNF, which is your brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Without BDNF, your brain cannot form new memories and we can't really remember much of anything. So the more grains, the more your brain is not gonna work as well. You're not gonna be able to remember things. You're not going to be able to have a good concentration. You're not gonna be able to work well, study well, whatever it is when you're consuming you know, lots of grains. Now, brain cells do use glucose as fuel. And like, as we just learned, the insulin basically instructs the cells to mop up the glucose in the blood. Brain cells can develop this insulin resistance like we just learned, just like any other cells in the body. And so any organ can be affected by insulin resistance. And you can have this like in the liver and that's where we get like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You can get it in the kidney. That's when you get renal disease. And then you can get it in the brain and that's what is called Alzheimer's. So it's really important to remember that like insulin resistance is not just diabetes. It can be things like Alzheimer's, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, PCOS, renal disease, and everything like that. So Another thing we need to touch on is the fact that grains also have a particularly high concentration of two types of lectin. So lectin are a class of proteins that are present basically in all plant life to some degree. Um, gluten is the kind of like the most famous example, but there's two subclasses of lectins, prolamins um, like in gluten and agglutins, which are in like wheat germ. And these are a particular of concern uh, to human health. And that's because these are what are called quote unquote toxic lectins that are part of the plant's natural natural defense system against predators and pests. So basically, these are usually concentrated in the seeds of the plant. And this is why like grains have so much because in order to defend itself, the seed from the plants either like deter predators from these by eating them and they make them, you know, sick or resistant to digestion or honestly both. So the grains that have become part of the human diet in the last like 10,000 years or so aren't 
like have these toxic things on the outside because they are not meant to be consumed in the way that we have been consuming them. And so what happens is that when we consume these like prolamins and agglutins, similar to what occurs in like individuals with celiac disease, um, these particular lectins damage and kill the cells in our intestine and causes the spaces to open up between our gut cells. So this is true for all grains, not only like glutinous grains, but all grains. So go back and listen to the the leaky gut um, gluten episode because we get a lot more deep dived into this. Um, this is kind of just briefly touching on grains in general, but this is like why you need to be aware of these grains is because of things like prolamins and agglutins that damage and kill the cells in your intestines. And what does that look like? Like what does that manifest as? Well, that manifests as bloating, diarrhea, constipation, IBS, um, you know, trouble in bowel movements, IBD, you know, even, you know, your brain's connected to your gut. So depression, anxiety, brain fog, all of these things are all connected. So these types of lectins are not broken down in the normal digestive process. And that's because the structure of these proteins are not compatible with our bodies. So that's why, like, I get a lot of questions on, like, why paleo and things like that. And they paleo eliminates these grains because these grains are not meant to be broken down by our digestive process. Because the structure of these proteins are not compatible with our bodies. And the digestive of enzymes that like are needed to break down these like these lectins are also protease inhibitors, which are compounds that basically stop the enzymes from breaking down the proteins. So what happens is that, you know, these prolamins and these agglutins can trick the enterocytes, which the enterocytes are the, the little cells in the walls that line your gut, into thinking they're simple sugars. And so these enterocytes basically willingly transport the lectins from inside the gut, like the side of the cell that's like inside, to the outside of the cell wall. And that while in transit, these toxic like agglutins and prolamins may end up causing like changes to the inside of that enterocyte in your gut lining that kill the cell and basically render it ineffective at its job, which not only makes the gut leaky, but then if your enterocytes are ineffective at its job, well, then we're not absorbing our necessary nutrients that we need from your good healthy fats and our vitamins and our minerals and everything like that. It can actually like lead to malabsorption and like poor nutrition, despite the fact that you're maybe eating a lot of good nutrients because your gut is no longer absorbing them because you're, you know, really eating a lot of these grains that have prolamins and agglutinins. Once the enterocytes kind of like willingly transport, you know, these prolamins and these agglutins, it basically activates this resident immune cell in your gut, which responds by producing inflammatory cytokines. And these inflammatory cytokines are like the chemical messengers that circulate in the blood and tell the white blood cells to attack. And this is where we get things like autoimmune disease and why, you know, in autoimmune paleo and things like that, why you need to avoid grains. So not only does it trigger the inflammatory cytokines, but it also triggers like antibodies against these foreign proteins because at least part of this response is not specific to the lectin itself and the enterocytes being like the those innocent bystanders in the gut can be targeted and killed by the body's cells because the body is reacting to this immune response when you are eating these grains. And then this further contributes to leaky gut. So the result is basically, you know, these tiny holes in our intestine, allowing the entrance of things that are not supposed to get into our bloodstream. And this leak um, basically makes worse by the fact that these prolamins and agglutins in these grains are binding to sugars and other molecules in the gut, and in turn, they are helping these molecules leak into our bloodstream. And there are many, many things in our gut that are supposed to stay there, like 
bacteria like E. coli, which are supposed to stay there, are now entering our bloodstream and cause a low level of systemic inflammation, which basically sets the stage for many other health conditions. And like I said, the episode on leaky gut really gets into this. But the huge number of prolamins and agglutins that exist in food, some are a lot more harmful than others. So gluten is by far the most damaging. Um, they weaken the enterocytes and they cause, you know, that leaky gut and the space between them. And once it's there, it's it's basically a shit show and it stimulates the immune cells to start producing antibodies. And one other commonly formed antibody that is triggered is transglutaminase. And this is basically an essential enzyme in every cell of the body and it makes important modifications to proteins that are produced inside the cell. And it also stimulates wound healing. So by playing like the field changes of the antibodies open against it and you damage and secrete transglutaminase, if the inflamed areas of the small intestine are exposed to this, rather than helping to heal the surrounding tissue, it instead turns the area into a target for the immune system. So this is like yet another mechanism linking like grains to like why it's so leaky because when antibodies against like transglutamase form, every cell and organ in the body becomes a potential target. And so this is even exaggerated um, in terms of your sensitivity. And like right now, when you're eating all of these things, like there's no way to stop like all the different targeted areas of your body to becoming reactive to it. So that's why it's so important. And so the vegetables and fruits of like, you know, our ancestors that we ate in large quantities were very, very low in lectins. And like, so we weren't exposed to these things. So when people ask, you know, oh, how come we didn't used to have these problems? It's because, well, we didn't used to eat this kind of stuff. We do, our food today is not the food that you, they used to, our ancestors used to eat or our great grandparents used to eat. Um, and so the, like their food, you know, would pass through the digestive tract and be fine. And so the, the lectins that we are exposed to and the grains and the legumes and all these things that are high in the prolamins and the agglutins we weren't and they weren't exposed to. So if damaging the gut lining and causing systemic inflammation basically isn't enough, um, there's also like anti-nutrients in them that stop you from absorbing all of those great vitamins and minerals in your food, kind of like like calcium and magnesium and, you know, the vitamin D and everything like that. So the grains like contain those toxic like lectins and they damage the cells in our gut. But they're also very high in omega-6 fatty acids, which we talked about in the beginning of this episode. So this is kind of like tying the grains to the omega-6s because grains are high in that linoleic acid, which as we learned, you know, not only causes inflammation, but makes you gain weight and leads to all the other stuff. Um, but like omega-6s are so rooted in the cause of so many modern diseases and contribute to those pro-inflammatory pathways in our body and is a cause of like the huge upregulation of inflammatory conditions in our world today. And so between like the omega-6 fatty acids and the vegetable oils and that like in the grains, we can kind of see how this all kind of fits together and how, you know, all of this consuming of omega-6s and grains have led to so many of the conditions that we kind of experience today. So that's kind of like the synopsis when it comes to vegetable oils and grains. If you have any questions, honestly, um, just DM me on Instagram or if you really enjoyed this episode and you found it useful, I would love for you to share it on Instagram, share it with people so that they can educate themselves on the, the dangers of grains and vegetable oils so they can start to make educated decisions from themselves when it comes to your health. And that's 
That's the purpose of these episodes, guys. It's to really empower you to make decisions and make informed choices for yourself when it comes to your health. Because you may not know this information and you might be buying health products that are full of sunflower oil and canola oil or drinking your oat milk that is full of rapeseed oil and canola oil and thinking that you're doing yourself a favor and that you're doing, you know, yourself you know, good when in fact it's like damaging your gut, damaging your brain, damaging your hormones and all this kind of stuff. So I hope you guys learned something from this episode. If you haven't yet, I would love for you to leave it a five-star rating and review. You can also DM me any requests on Instagram for topics about future episodes. Um, I'd be happy to do that as well. We have some wonderful guests coming on in the next month or so, so I'm really excited for that. But yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening and I will see you guys in the next next episode.